Hello, everyone. Welcome to the stream. Welcome to Modern Monk Chat. I kind of took a short break. We were supposed to do this on Tuesday as well, but we didn't really get around to it because, um, you know, there was hurricane going on and pandemics going on. And, uh, you know, my guest was able to uh, get on this call and I've been like taking a lot of breaks. I feel like I deserve the break right now because, you know, people is like, oh, you should work hard. But at the same time, like they're like, it's a pandemic. Take it easier. Uh, anyway, we are on episode, I believe, 49. I want to do something big for 50, maybe. I don't know yet. I'm still thinking about it. Uh, but as always, you can watch us live on twitch.tv slash photo. Uh, you can also listen to this on iTunes. You can also listen to this on um, Spotify. And of course, we have it on YouTube and everything. Uh, make sure you follow me and everyone else um, on Twitter, on Instagram, on everywhere, everywhere else. Uh, Tonight, I have an amazing guest. You know what? This is the problem. I don't want to say her name wrong, so I'm going to have her say it. Like, I'm sure I'm not the only person that has this problem. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to let her do the thing and let her explain, you know, <laughs> how, how to say it and how she got around to get that. So what's up there, friend? <laughs> Insert name here. Hi. Name. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm good. You are not the first person who's had this problem. It happens all the time. And had I known that I would be a streamer, I probably would have made a username that people could Look, pronounce. I feel uh, like I'm a little bit dyslexic. So I'd be like, in my head, it's like, Roxy. It's like, okay, Naga Roxy. I got it. But then I'm like, but, but it's mean, not Roxy. I mean, that's close. <laughs> <laughs> that's close. It's Naga Oryx. Mm. Uh, my dog's name is Oryx. And okay, okay. the uh, and then the first part came from the Nagaverse from Sailor Moon because I was always a huge Sailor Moon fan. Ah, who's your favorite Sailor Moon? Um, honestly, when I was a kid, I didn't know if I wanted to be Sailor Jupiter or marry Sailor Jupiter, but like <laughs> I just knew that I loved Sailor Jupiter. <laughs> uh, in the American version, uh, one some of the Sailor they're a sister or a cousin, right? Instead yeah, of lovers, they. I was gonna say they kind of weren't quite as bold as they could have they been they weren't in the US ready version. for that case yet so <laughs> they I'm weren't ready though, because like i feel like asian cultures are usually more reserved so it's kind of strange how right it's but interesting was... yeah it's interesting seeing how different that is as well like i'm really surprised that the original they were cool with that and then bringing it to the us they were like no 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 let's pull back uh, right? Just <laughs> honestly, I'm all for making it gayer. Make more gay yes. romances in Sailor yes. Moon, please. And there's so many. Uh, I, I think like the whole entertainment pop culture is more embracing it now too, which is great. Yeah, definitely, definitely more baby steps. I know mm -hmm. um, there's a show on. I want to say Disney Channel. I'm pretty sure it's Disney Channel. Um, mm. That's an animated show targeted at kids called uh, The Owl House, and they had. Okay. Their uh, spoilers, I guess, if you watch The Owl House, heads up, anyone listening. Um, <laughs> they did their prom episode recently, and they had two girls who went to prom together. And, like, very explicitly, I believe it's the lead of the show and her love interest are both women, which uh, is mm. really cool. Like, Disney never would have allowed that even a couple years ago. So, so I we're, feel like we're getting there, you know, progress. Eventually, we'll get to that spot where we don't have to emphasize that, like, oh, we have, you know, gay characters instead of, like, Oh, we, yeah. like, because sometimes they, like, we did, I feel like we did a few years where we, we like, emphasize, like, hey, look, we're very diverse, you know, like, we have this, yeah. you know, uh, I, I, I used to be shooting for my school, my college, mm -hmm. and then we had that too, they're like, hey, we need our photos, like, 
like they request me like we need photos to be a morning more um <clears throat> diverse i'm like what does that mean so i have to randomly find like you know people of different skin colors and it's like oh we also would like you know maybe some non-straight people in the photo I'm like how do i show someone is gay? Like, <laughs> do i need them making out like what is going on that's the worst part too, is it's like people have these preconceived notions over how do you want me to convey that these people aren't straight? You know what I mean? Because mm -hmm. I'm I'm not straight. And I think uh, maybe people wouldn't realize that looking at me, like you never know. But mm -hmm. I think especially like it's 2020, we mm -hmm. need to challenge that notion of like, what does it mean to look a certain way or to act a certain way or to present a certain way? Mm -hmm. um, I, I bring that up all the time. Because for me, I'm bisexual and I've always been in relationships with men. And mm -hmm. I'm always reminding people, like, just because you're bisexual and you're dating somebody, uh, like, for me, being a woman dating a man doesn't erase my bisexuality. It doesn't mean mm -hmm. that I'm in a heterosexual relationship. It means I'm a bisexual woman dating a mm -hmm. man, you know? Yeah, uh, and I, we were talking about this right before the, uh, the stream, too, how I have long hair. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I get hit on by guys all the time. I'm like, sure, you know what? A free drink is free drink. <laughs> Like, I, definitely I, like got, that. I definitely got hit on by more guys last year than girls. So I don't think I got hit on by any girls last year. But guys definitely are very bold when it comes to it. I'm like, cool. I mean, I always tell them too, like when they try to buy me a drink, say, like, hey, you know, I'm not gay, but if you still want to buy me a drink, you know, we can chat. It's like, it's like yeah, sure, man. You seem fun. It's like, cool. I was going to say, as long as you're not leading anyone on, oh, no. I really <laughs> like that. I really like that you can be like, hey, uh, you know, I'm not interested. Thank you so much. That's super flattering of you. But if you want to still buy me a drink and we can hang out, I'm down. And I love when people are like, yeah, okay, let's do it. <laughs> yeah, you should this conversation get really fun too. Um, yeah. But also the problem for us though, we work in the industry, the gaming industry. Mm -hmm. So one of the major problem we have is problem. Uh, every bar we go to is an open bar. <laughs> so sometimes yeah. it's really hard to for them to buy me a drink but they can get me a drink so it's actually yeah. easy because then they can get me a drink it doesn't hurt or anything and doesn't hurt the wall all that nobody's spending any money yeah yeah exactly well, you know i was gonna say if, if anyone listening uh isn't a part of the industry or, or doesn't go to industry parties um that's what it's like like when you go to these events it's usually open bar and uh, so much open bar oh my gosh and and the thing is conventions are so jam-packed into like two nights or three mm -hmm. nights and you'll have like three parties in one night and then have early yep. morning meetings and so everyone is trying to get as many free drinks as possible but then they're still trying to look good the next day and oh my gosh like i have, <sighs> I have some, some of those nights were really fun where like i would go from one party to another and then like you see some people at the first party it's like hi <laughs> and then you're like you know i gotta go you go to the second party and they also there i'm like I just saw you at the other party. <laughs> You're all kind of going, it's like you start at the Discord party, you go to the Twitch partner mm -hmm. party, then you, you know, you go from there to there to there, yeah. and you definitely <laughs> run into the same people over and over, for Which sure. Which is great. I mean, that's good thing yeah. is that like, you kind of know who are the people in the industry, and also cheers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, cheers. Hey, yeah. I meant to ask you, I'm going to clink mm. on here, I guess. Um, what, what did you get? What's your beverage? Uh, right now, well, because I was kind of in a rush and I'm not sure what to mix, so I just have uh, gene. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. So, uh, like, I will. I, I put away my coffee because I feel like alcohol is a downer and coffee is <laughs> upper. I feel like mixing them might not be the best idea. You know? Yeah, no, maybe yeah. not. Yeah, maybe I'll just, just do some. Yeah, I'll just do some drug instead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no. So, but yeah, normally, I, I mean, I said this earlier too. I have makeup on right now, so I look mm -hmm. a little bit better. But I look really red still. I'm not sure the coloring. Oh, cause I got that new light over there. 
Maybe that, you, guys. You have a really bright light. Uh, yeah, no, like my whole room is like, uh, I've been, you know, making the whole set a little bit different. So mm -hmm. very retro stuff. So maybe I think that guy is a little bit bright. I'm going to turn it down to make me look less red. Like I should know about <laughs> my lighting better. But the thing is like also, um, yeah, normally because I'm Asian, I would get the Asian glow very easily. Like yeah. have you have friends that have that? Uh, my first boyfriend who I dated for about six years was Thai. His family was from Bangkok. Mm. Mm -hmm. And we dated, <laughs> we dated, like I said, you know, for six years. And for the first two years, he never said anything to me about it. And then one day, it was New Year's Eve, and he goes, don't you hate when you're drinking alcohol and your throat closes up and you break out in hives and you get all itchy and your face gets red? And I looked at him and I was like, no, man, no. <laughs> what are you talking about? We've been together for two years at this point. You never mentioned this to me. And he goes, isn't that what happens when everyone drinks alcohol? Wait, like, so he no, who doesn't know? <laughs> He had no idea. He he had he uh -huh. had a white dad, and his mom was Thai, and uh -huh. she didn't drink. So I guess mm. she just never told him, and he grew up having no idea that it was a thing. And so it wasn't until he was in his twenties that he learned uh, that that was a thing. <laughs> yeah, no. Apparently, for Asian, we can take Pepsi. So like. Anything that with Pepsi, oh. like Pepsi I see, I can actually, yeah. So sometimes I do that, like at industry parties. Like I would mm -hmm. actually, knowing that I would have some potential clients there, I would mm -hmm. actually just take some or like even meetings. I know that we would drink for sure. Because, <laughs> I mean, I, I know you can, you can refuse alcohol, but first of all, I do like alcohol. But second of <laughs> all, it's nice to accept it too. So I'm like, especially if I have clients who are Asian and it's very much in our culture, like, hey, you want to drink? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So... That uh yeah, so I usually would take a drink, but I get really red. There's good thing about bad things, right? Sometimes I do mm -hmm. know that if I have certain situation, I want to get red, which is like people's like, oh my god, you're so drunk. I'm like, oh yes, I am so drunk. <laughs> please rescue me now. Oh yeah. please. <laughs> I can't take any more. So it actually make me drink less. But yeah, the first smart. time I actually try Pepsi to mm -hmm. not get red, that's a problem. I did not stop drinking. I was going to say it, it's uh, knowing your limits is really important. And that's the one thing I, mm -hmm. I always say this on stream because I all have drinks when I stream at night. But I mm -hmm. always tell people like I love alcohol uh, when I like the taste of it. I don't drink stuff mm -hmm. I don't like the taste of. Oh, Sam. And mm -hmm. I, I don't like ever feeling out of control. Like I don't mm -hmm. like getting anything beyond lightly tipsy is just uncomfortable for me oh. personally. Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, yep, I, 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 I don't like getting messy, so I'll just drink as long as I don't feel beyond tipsy and as long as mm. I'm still enjoying the taste. As soon as I'm done with the taste, um, I'm done drinking. Oh, due to like years of conventions, I, I used to go to conventions almost every other week. So I go to a lot of conventions. Oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> it's, not a, it's, it's not a once a month thing. It's not a once a quarter or a season kind of thing. It's a once at least every other week, sometimes every week you know I, I cannot imagine like how how did you not burn out from traveling so much was that not right. exhausting normally i have a suitcase out at all time there's no reason for me to pack away a suitcase like oh my gosh suitcase there are like i there are months that i live in my house less than the day that like i'm supposed to be in it so i'm paying a very expensive rent for just having a loft like back i live in la downtown i used to have yeah. a loft and I'm oh like, gosh. I'm paying so much rent for like not being there. It's like an expensive storage unit. Yeah, I was going to say. Do you, I mean, do you have a, a favorite convention you go to if you've been doing that Ooh. for so many years? So that's a tough question. I get asked a lot, actually. But we have 
convention that is very great for cosplay. There's some very、mm-hmm. good for gaming.、Uh, of course, gaming, I feel like our PAX is still the best one in America, standard wise. I mean,、yeah. of course, we have E3. E3 is not bad, but it changed in the last few years. So it's kind of like,、yeah. it, I'm not sure about it right now.、Uh, yeah. And it's PAX, you get to see different friends. So the East and West, I do like West a little bit better. I know East Coast people like East Coast, PAX East better, but West, the city is just better. Boston、yeah. is、uh, like, it's cold. Usually it's April or March.、Uh, it's, it, the, the street don't make sense. There's not a restaurant nearby. <laughs> Things close early. But at PAX West, where it's like PAX Prime from where, where I was <laughs> back in the days, back <laughs> in my days. So that was PAX Prime.、Uh, but Seattle is live. You know, it's very lively at nights too. Remember, like two in the、yeah. morning, you can go to any bar, you can do bar hopping.、Uh, so I think those are the best. But for a convention, like cosplay wise, There's two. There's two on this coast and two on the East Coast. The two on the West Coast would be Fanime, because it's a convention、mm-hmm. that I always go to, and that's the one up in San Jose. And then there's one, of course, Anime Expo. I feel like you might have heard of that one. It's、yeah. the biggest anime convention in America, too, right in the convention center, LA. And the East Coast, we have two. One of them is called Kasukan. It's a very pretty hotel called the Gaylord Hotel, but it's very white, very pretty white marble hotel. Amazing. And the other one would be Colossal Con, which is a water park convention. So, it's so much fun. Everyone m a k e like a、um, swimsuit version of their cosplay. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. I've yeah, never I, heard of that.、Creature. That's so cool. They're so creative, too. Like, one time I see like, a guy who cosplay、uh, Juggernaut from、uh, X Men. So, they have like a little mask, but then they also have like other floaty and giant floaty with them, too, because they're <laughs> Juggernauts. So, they run into people. So, it's really fun. Yeah. So cool. Wait, so do people do, in addition to doing like cosplay swimsuits, do people want to、mm-hmm. do a lot of shoots in the water there? Is that a、oh, thing、yeah. that they do? Oh, oh yeah, they do like in the water, out of the water, around the area.、Uh, they also have,、uh, they have petting zoo as well. So they take a picture with like tigers.、Uh, yeah, we go to the field <laughs> to get more photos. Yeah, it, it's, it's quite a thing. And my friends and I would、um, rent this villa looking thing. And like, it's、mm-hmm. two villa connect, connect together too. So it's like 16 people total. Uh, and then we'll just have a, every night, we'll just you know, have a great party. It's great because like, there's, the villa is kind of separated from the main hotel. So you can get as loud as you want. Oh my gosh. And、um, we get a, a bit wretched. <laughs> That sounds amazing. That also sounds exhausting, especially、yeah. adding in like, how much you physically exert yourself if you are swimming and if you are like, doing、mm-hmm. water park stuff. Oh my God.、Mm-hmm. I would be wiped. They also have this、uh, hot tub place. And they also sell surf alcohol. Yeah, the whole, re- the whole hotel, water park is one thing, and they serve alcohol. It, and it's not just alcohol, slushy. They sell alcoholic slushy. Okay, all right. Next year, when <sighs> conventions happen again, fingers crossed they're happening again next year, please remind me to go to this convention because、it's、I'm booking、so, yeah. a vacation. <laughs> Even just watching people is so much fun. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I would do. I would just get a drink and sit in the pool and float、yeah. and watch people, and that would be、oh, it.、Yeah. Yep, that was that was part. I do that sometimes too. It's great. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I got to start、yeah. planning、uh, cosplay, bathing suit cosplay stuff. I'll start brainstorming. You should start doing like, do your, if you haven't already, do like cosplay goals. Like, when do you like, you know, wear cosplay、I've, on stream and stuff? I've done a couple cosplays on stream. I've like started to slowly do it. This year we did,、uh, we did Nancy from Stranger Things because、mm. we were doing a Dead by Daylight event and they have a Stranger Things DLC.、Uh, we did 
uh, Chloe from Life is Strange, and I did Sabrina from the new Netflix Sabrina show. Mm. Uh, I think I'm forgetting others, but like slow, slowly, I'm I'm getting there. Oh, I did my whole playthrough of The Last of Us Part Two. I did as Ellie. Oh, yeah, I, I, yeah. I did walk in for a few of them, but um, I didn't. I because I have to run and go, so I don't want to like you know. Yeah. Lurking. Uh, no, but it's great. Like the um, uh, Dead by Daylight. I'm not sure how, but they have so many IP. It's amazing. Like all the they characters do. and everything. Yeah. yeah, and it's really cool because they have they have a uh, Freddy from Nightmare on Elm Freddy. Street. Mm-hmm. They have um, Michael Myers from Halloween. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They have. Uh, they just did the new Silent Hill pack, Ooh. so they have uh, Pyramid Head from Silent mm-hmm. Hill. Yeah, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I'm sh- I'm sure chat is going to remind us of all the other IPs I'm forgetting, but like they have a surprisingly big roster of like classic horror. Uh, Jason too, right? Jason, Jason Jason's actually the only one that I can think of that's like a big one that they don't currently oh, have. Like every time every time they announce a new content release, everyone's like, "Oh, is it going to be Jason? Is it going to be Jason? Please let it be Jason." And it's never Jason. <laughs> it has never been Jason yet. Uh but one day, fingers crossed. Imagine like a day. Dead by Daylight movie with all the IPs. Honestly, I actually think it could be really cool. I even think the lore that they've created for their own characters and their own world mm-hmm. would make for either a really good movie or a really good like TV show even even like a, a limited show. run like a 10 episode mini series because mm-hmm. they have their own lore and it's so rich and it's so detailed it's really interesting. Oh, someone at Netflix watching or listening right now, get on it. Get on it Netflix, make it happen. Oh yeah, chat chat's reminding us Ghostface from Scream. Which I don't oh, okay. know how I forgot him because I love Scream and Ghostface terrifies me. And then the pig lady from Saw as well. Pig lady. Yeah, she's scary. Her face looks like a pig, but she has human hair. And uh... I wonder if I've seen it before. I did see oh. a few movie, a few Saw. So I don't like. I'm, it's been so long. You know, Saw is great. Yeah, they've made like. 10 saw movies at this point too they've made yeah, so was, many of yeah. them <laughs> but every single movie they try to be like oh here's the review or like again like and there's another twist how is there always twists i know well it was the same thing with like they did the final destination movies oh yes it, it always cracked me up because the titles are like the final destination or it's final destination <laughs> final destination 2 final destination one. 3 the final destination and then final destination 5 and it's like don't sell me the fourth one acting like it's the last in the series and then give mm-hmm. me Final Destination 5. Like, what? There's a lot of movie that's numbering weird issue. Like, yeah. Fast and Furious, uh, they have some of the ones that's like... Yeah. yeah. Like, they just have Fast and Furious, Tokyo Drift. And it's like, which yeah. one is that? Which order do I watch these in? And I don't like understand. Fate, which I understand is eight, but then it's not number anymore. So it's kind of strange. But the weirdest one is Gnome. Gnome 2. You know that movie? The one where the guys go like, oh my god. Troll 2. Sorry, no, Troll no, my two. bad. Yeah. Troll. Yeah. And it's not a sequel to anything. It's There's just, no Troll 1. <laughs> it's just called Troll 2 because apparently the director thought that if people thought it was a sequel, they'd be more likely to see it's it. It's kind of genius. <laughs> Which, so I don't, I don't know if you know a lot about this movie, but I thought this was fascinating. I believe the director slash writer and his wife were Italian. And uh-huh. they made the movie after being inspired, having a dinner party with their friends. Um, uh-huh. And like, 
some of their friends at this dinner party didn't eat what was served to them because they were vegetarian. Okay. And so this man wrote a whole ass horror movie about the dangers of being vegetarian and not eating meat. And if you watch that movie, literally, it is not subtle at all. Like, if you've never seen it before, literally, they're like, <laughs> eating vegetables kills the bad guys. And they're like, it's, it's, it's anti-vegetable hilarious propaganda and it's the funniest <laughs> worst movie ever and if you haven't seen it please watch it like, so it's like a diss track but in the movie form <laughs> it's just a diss track against vegetables which is like dude who cares that much just, just like who gets that salty over inviting their friends to a dinner party and they're like oh no thank you i'll pass on the steak and that man was like bitch vegetarianism movie is about evil you. yeah right he was like just you wait. Just you wait and see. I did not know that. That is yep. it, good but to know. I love, again, chat is saying it makes sense now that I think about it. Like, as soon as you find that out, it's on IMDb trivia, by the way. So uh, uh-huh. look, look that one up because the trivia on that page is hilarious. Apparently, their English wasn't super solid, but they refused uh-huh. to let the actors change a word of the script. So if they wrote something in super broken English that didn't make sense or didn't sound natural and the actors tried to make it sound a little more natural, they would stop and be like, that's not how I wrote it. Please read it correctly. Why? <laughs> if they know they're not native speaker, you know, and you... Because <laughs> that's his vision. That's his vision, Martin. Who knows? You know what? It works so well because it's so bad. That is great. <laughs> it's, it's hilarious. And that's what makes it even funnier is some of the dialogue it, again that helps make sense some of the dialogue is really stilted and weird and uh-huh. uh and and that, that's why like some of the sentences just don't I mean, quite flow well the bad um, acting doesn't help but you know <laughs> the bad acting does i'm sorry i know way too much trivia about this movie as well a lot of the people that were hired to do it were not actors like the small town <laughs> they filmed it in they just put uh-huh. up an open casting call for extras which, wow. if anybody listening is not familiar, being an extra is basically like you're just a person who's on screen in the background, but you don't have any lines. So it's just mm-hmm. like it's something that, especially if you live in LA, a lot of people just make I a quick done buck that. doing extra work. When I, exactly. When I first came to LA, when I first moved here like three yeah. years ago, uh, one of the people that live in my building worked for actually central casting. Mm. So I can cut the whole line and say, yeah, I'll just sign up. So I sign up and then I did a few episodes of different shows. That's yeah, funny. And it's like you just make a bit of money and usually it's like you sit and you pretend you're in a restaurant or you pretend you're studying or whatever it is. So people showed up to this casting call to just be extras and not have to act or talk or do anything. And then they got cast in like the lead roles in this movie (laughs) because the director was like, I like that guy's look. Let's get him up there. So they have no experience and it shows. (laughs) It's terrible. (laughs) I need to watch that movie again now. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I'm honestly now I kind of want to watch Troll 2 again. <laughs> like, I'm sure there's some theater in LA that does that. Like, you know, like bad movie yeah. nights. Like, you know, yeah. I know they were doing, um, what's the one movie? Uh, The Room? Like, there's this yeah. one theater that's like every like first Wednesday of the month mm-hmm. or whatever. And sometimes, um, why so we actually show up for it too? Well, the wild thing is so if anybody listening doesn't know, I think we've talked about this when we met Martin, but I'm from mm-hmm. LA. I'm born and raised here. I've lived here for almost 28 years now. And growing up, I still remember when that billboard went up that was just his face, that creepy poster photo of his face. Mm -hmm. And it was massive in Hollywood. So you'd be driving through Hollywood and you'd just see his face leering at you. And he has this like dead behind the eyes, his eyes glazed over kind of expression. 
And I thought The Room was a horror movie when I was a kid because <laughs> that poster was so frightening to me. And Even then I grew the name up- sounds like a <laughs> horror movie. <laughs> there is a horror movie called The Room as well, which I just watched recently. Uh, so check that one out. It's on Shudder if you have a Shudder through Amazon Prime, I think. Uh, Did you but- uh, see the one with um, the, f- the mockumentary one? Uh, with- Ooh, which one? Of The Room. Uh, who-, who did that? Oh, uh, um, I know no, no. they did a movie of it with Dave and James Franco. James Are you Franco, about that that's one? right. Yep, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the disaster artist. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's I great because they match it. Uh, I mean, what's crazy is that some part I didn't know how that movie was made, and they actually kind of describe it. it's like also a lot of bad decision that comes of it, and like a lot of bad of decisions and a lot of expensive bad decisions. Oh yes. Yeah, a lot of that because a lot of that is completely how it happened in real life too in terms of like I I think he's a very prideful person and they tried to explain to him that most people you know most people rent camera equipment for films Mm -hmm. like unless you're a massive production company that has all of this stuff already you just rent it and keep making more movie planning to but yeah Yeah. that's the case yeah and he insisted on buying it because he was like "Mm, I have the money so we're gonna buy it it's like well that's not really how it works. It was just weird. He, he's he's a weird shot in guy. Both digital and in film, which is like, wow. I mean, it's really advanced for its time. Like especially the green screen, like on the rooftop. I didn't realize. So like, wow, it's actually really good job for that that days and age. But I'm like, unnecessary, but okay. Imagine if they had put all of that money though towards making a good movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, man, they could have made something really good with that budget, and instead we got the room. Granted, you can say that. You can say the same thing for a lot of video games as well, too. <laughs> oh my god. You can say that for a lot of movies in general as well. Like a lot of movies oh, yeah. have $100 million budgets and you watch them and you're like, why? Because <laughs> it's some guy who able to convince another rich guy, a richer guy, to be like, hey, you want to give me like, you know, a few millions of dollars so I can make this movie? It'd be great. Yep. You got yep. this big star in it. They're like, oh, I like that big star. My wife loves him. Okay, cool. And honestly, if anyone here is listening thinking, that's surely that sounds simplified no a lot of the time that's how it's happened honestly a lot of the time executives are just like yeah my kid talks about that tiktok star a lot let's get that tiktok star in this movie how do you think logan paul ended up in a film yeah i never seen it i watched it the other day (laughs) is it good or bad um you know what uh he's as good as you would expect a D-list, low budgety, crappy horror movie to be like he's he's no worse than regular D-list actors in a crappy low mm. budget horror movie, but uh, he's not like it, it's too... it's very obvious that he's only cast in it because of his social following, and then he can tweet the movie out to his followers, and hopefully they'll watch it. You know, I feel like his expression would be too exaggerating, <laughs> like not not in a good way, you know. But anyway, I, I, I'll take a look. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it's underwhelming. It's the opposite of what you would think. It's it's just meh, you know. Yeah, shame. Yeah, because like uh, before I came to LA, I was in so I was in NorCal. I was working in Silicon Valley. It's exactly the same for it's just more money for uh, Silicon Valley for every single app that's being built. Like there's some guy, rich guy, who convinced some richer guy to be like, "Hey, this is gonna be the next Uber. This is gonna be the next Facebook." That pitch has happened so many times. Like those tech bro, oh my god. Like if you ever live in NorCal and if some guy's dating profile 
call themselves like um entrepreneur run just run well it, it uh, doesn't mean it's, anything it's like being on dating apps in la where actors i was just gonna say literally 75 to 80 percent of all profiles are like actor writer director you know whatever mm-hmm. creative visionary like i got to a point where if it said that i just swipe no no matter what i was like mm-hmm. i cannot the number of times that i went on dates with people where as soon because like i worked in the film industry for 10 years my dad is a director and a writer and a producer and as soon as that would come up in conversation it's like you're not on a date anymore and they only care about like well, what credits does he have and which movies did you work on and like who do you know and it's uh, it's yep. the worst <laughs> it's the worst like i was on as i said you know i was doing background acting just for when i first came here just for funsy to see how it was to give it a try uh it was fun because again i didn't take it seriously not i seen like i'm not being bad i'm just like i don't this is not my job like i'm doing this yeah funny thing is that like i was on silicon valley uh Mm -hmm. the show but i was the two weeks before that i worked at silicon valley (laughs) (laughs) so i show up and they're like what you're wearing doesn't look the part it's like first of all i'm a background no one gonna see me second of all i know how i dress i just dress like this i literally work like this the other day from there (laughs) literally silicon valley itself you know so i know so that they had me change but then on that episode there's just some other girls i was like definitely new to the scene as well and she's like telling everybody like we're all background we don't really care we're just like on our phone on our book whatever but she's like telling like oh how's she gonna be a big star and she's gonna do all this stuff i'm like in my head i really going like oh honey <laughs> oh honey sure sure you will this would be great this is your la la land moments yeah of course, you sure. you and everyone else who moves to la mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah, I did. Uh, I auditioned for something that was the part was a Twitch streamer. Like literally, that's who the character was, and uh-huh. it was very interesting reading the script and and reading the audition sides and being like, "Oh, this is what people who don't watch Twitch think Twitch streamers sound like." <laughs> what about that game? What did you think about that one game? Yeah, it was it was very. Uh, but I digress. Um, that game. Uh, Did that one I, trailer? Do you know what I'm talking about? Uh, yeah, I assume you're talking about the one that's like the girl is a streamer and it's yeah, the mod- yeah. Um, I think that that is so unbelievably harmful, and the mm. fact that the fact that it could be promoted also in the year 2020 when we have so many people coming forward about allegations of harassment and assault and mm-hmm. stalking. To have a game that's like, you're this girl's moderator and like her fate is in your hands and it's your job to guide her life and help her through stuff. Like it is so harmful to perpetuate the notion that that is uh, the the role of a moderator in the mm-hmm. first place. And the fact that it's a woman as the streamer as well the fact that it's a woman speaks volumes because if the mo- if the game were a man as the streamer mm-hmm. and the moderator helping save him and protect him from a stalker and guide his life and his choices like we wouldn't even be having this conversation right now because the game be wouldn't be made take. because <laughs> that's not that's that's so clearly not <laughs> what they're doing with that game and it's another uh, guy who's like this is gonna be a great idea talk to some yeah. rich guy funded the game and then like that happened 
It's so reductive. <laughs> and I think it is doing more harm than good to the conversation that we're having in the industry in terms of, uh, especially in terms of just listening to women about how they feel in the space. And mm -hmm. so uh, I think I think they're also doing a great disservice to the actress who played her to be advertising it, giving her a writing credit because she improvised her exact wording of the lines. I think a lot of people who aren't in the industry take that to mean, oh, a writing credit. That means she's okay with everything that was said and that like she she got to choose mm. what happened to the character in it. But if you don't work case. in the industry, what you don't know is what that means is that they give you an outline. They give you like, okay, in this scene, you're going to express to the camera that you're frightened and it needs to end with you exiting your room within 30 seconds or whatever. Like they give her a set directive and then they say, just word it how, however feels natural to you. That's not writing a role. That's just improvising the difference between, uh, oh, hey, my phone's ringing to give me a second to check my phone or, oh, my phone just lit up or, you know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. that's not, that's not having a say over the direction of the game. That's just choosing how you word a sentence and uh i think it's i'm gonna use the word harmful a thousand times here it's really harmful that they are falsely advertising her role in the story as being something other than what it is uh, hopefully she get a different chance for do something else in the future that's not tied to this yeah that's like, if you google and that's the first thing that show up mm -hmm. that's <laughs> A lot of people don't realize as well a lot of people think it's like well if she's not happy with it she'll just tweet about it like if she's oh, not happy okay. with it she'll just talk about it and Definitely what i think not. people don't know is you sign a contract so this mm -hmm. girl got approached or got an audition or, or however she got the role and um even if the project changes even if they came to her and they were like let's say they pitched this game to her and the moderator character didn't even exist and they were just like it's just you and the viewer uh, she signs a contract and it will have a defamation clause saying that she's not allowed to say anything against the game, the company that makes it, the people involved with it, anything, mm. yep. anything, anything less than positive. Uh, and then they can completely change the nature of the story. It happens all the time with movies. That's why you don't hear actors talking bad about movies until like 25 years later. Yep. Because they sign contracts that lock them into not being able to criticize it or speak out and about on it. On top of like 10,000 different NDA. Yep. Oh my gosh. I, I'm still under NDA from projects that I did, not even as a Twitch streamer, but like in my film history before that. Like keep yeah. that in mind. I, I've been a Twitch streamer for more than four years now, and I still can't talk about projects I did before that because I'm still <laughs> under NDA. Like That's yeah, from the yeah. film industry and uh, Silicon, uh, from the uh, tech industry, there's also, what I've learned is that, and I've been on it before, there's NDA for NDA. This is crazy. Oh. Yeah, you can't even talk about if I if you have signed an NDA or not. <laughs> I got an email for something, uh, maybe a year and a half, a year and a half, two years ago now. Um, and they were literally like, the only thing I knew was who was sending it to me. Like, obviously, <laughs> I could see the sender of the email, but they were like, hey, Nega Oryx, we want to talk to you about something. We can't say what. We can't say why. Would you sign this NDA so we can tell you what the conversation will be about? And I was but like... that's very standard, though. Okay, and it's totally standard. But again, yeah. I think a lot of people don't realize that, you know? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I signed the NDA, and then it was something really cool. But... I still haven't been able to talk about it. And it's been almost like two years because things mm -hmm. move really slowly sometimes, you know? 
and I mentioned this in this chat before, it's like there are times that like I also do many different things. Uh, one of the things that, you know, you can assume more than one photo, I take photos. Uh, there are times that I'll be taking photos of products or something that has yet to release like long later. Um, and, I, and of course, you know, I don't talk about it, but then I don't remember that <laughs> you should have just wipe it out of my mind, you know, because like, yeah. I, I won't talk about it. So I'm going to wipe it out. But then a few months or a few years later, when they announce it, I'm like, what do you mean new product? I, just, I saw that before. I, mean, I was so confused. Like, yeah, no, I saw that mouse like two years ago. What, what do you mean coming out this year? What do you mean year? new? Yeah, what do you mean new? I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> I have the prototype sitting in my in my house somewhere. Yeah. yeah. It's definitely, a, it definitely takes some getting used to. Yeah. Uh, I, think, I think growing up with my dad working in the industry, it helped a lot because I learned from a very young age, just like, unless you were given express permission to talk about something, just don't talk about it, you know? Mm -hmm. And I yeah. think that helped me a lot transitioning to the industry that I'm in now. Um, so how and did some... you get involved into Twitch streaming? So my last job before I started streaming, I worked at a voiceover talent agency. Um, mm. And I worked, I was an agent's assistant. So I started out in the uh, commercial and promo department. So obviously we all know what commercials are, but promos, if you're unfamiliar, are kind of like the short, snippy, uh, really, really quick ones that come on that aren't commercials for products, but are like, uh, stick around, Fox News coming up next, like really, really short things like that. And those guys make bank. Promo guys make a ton of money. Stupid amount of money for uh, that amount of work. Oh my gosh, so much money. But it's also because they're phenomenal at what they do and they get it done in two minutes and, you know, like they're amazing and those guys work really hard. But I started out in departments, and then after maybe like three months, um, I moved into the video game and animation departments in addition to commercials and promo. Mm. Um, and so then I started kind of working more, you know, sending auditions to clients that are voice actors for video games. Part of the fun of that, of course, is they get sent to us under... Uh, working titles so they're all made up fake names but because <laughs> myself there was only one other assistant in the entire department so it was just me and my friend nick and mm -hmm. we would instant message each other and be like oh my god do you think this is the new mass effect do you think this is the <laughs> new like is this a new dragon age game like what do you think what do you think this one is and uh he one day said to me he was like have you ever thought about streaming on twitch and i had no idea what it was he pulled up a random stream and he was like, you could totally do this. Like, you talk to people. You love games. Like, why don't you do that? Mm -hmm. And I didn't really think much about it. Um, I kind of just forgot that it was a thing. And then uh, my stepdad actually was diagnosed with terminal cancer. And mm. I lived in California. Like I said before, you know, I'm in L.A. Uh, and he was hospitalized on the East Coast. Mm. And in addition to just like life-wise not being able to be there as much as I would have wanted to be financially, I couldn't afford I couldn't afford to up and move to the East Coast. I couldn't even afford to visit more than once. I was only able to visit him once when he was in the hospital. Mm. Um, and he had been around my entire life um, since I was like a tiny, tiny, tiny little kid. And he had raised me with this love of video games. He taught me how to play WoW. Uh, and when he moved out of California to the East Coast, that was one of the only ways we would still hang out was we'd play WoW together. Mm. And so I thought to myself, I was like, well, Twitch is a thing. Like, I'll make an account and maybe somebody can bring him a computer in the hospital and he can just watch me playing World of Warcraft and 
uh, things had gotten so bad. He had lost so much weight that he couldn't like he couldn't move his hands anymore. His hands were just so like um, I don't know what the right word is for it, but he lost so much weight. He had he'd lost. They were kind of mm. perpetually like curled up. He couldn't really move his fingers mm. much anymore. And so he couldn't game anymore. And I was like, well, maybe somebody can show him me playing video games and it'll, you know, be like I'm there with him. Mm. And then I had never watched Twitch. Like outside of Nick at work showing me a stream and being like, look what Twitch is. I had never seen it before. So I didn't, I didn't know what moderators were. I didn't know you could ban people or or purge comments. I didn't know how to do any of that. I booted up a test stream for the first time and got a bunch of like really nasty sexist trolls and like harassed and stuff and immediately was like, I don't want my stepdad seeing this until I learn how to do it because that's just going to bum him out if he's trying to watch mm. me and he's seeing people like send threats my you. way in the chat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I kind of said like, okay, I should do a couple of these. Like I should do a couple test streams to learn how to do it. That way I know what I'm doing when someone shows it to him. And then uh, and then people just started watching. Like I, I had no idea that anyone was ever going to find my channel or that anyone what was ever going to. This? this was 2016, 2016. Okay. Um, and then people started watching and then and then people would ask me like well what time are you going to stream tomorrow and i would go oh i don't know and they would say well what's your twitter and i'd say oh i don't have one and they'd be like okay well maybe post about when we can find you what's your schedule like it was really the people that watched in those first few days that made me uh start <laughs> actually taking it seriously and then i just kept doing it then i realized i really liked it and and then i've been doing it ever since so wow yeah that's, that's awesome. what I was going to say, that's one of my moderators in chat who has a much better memory than I do. <laughs> so June, June 2016. Yeah. Awesome. Wow. Yeah. That's, oh man. But you love it so far? Everything's great? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I started doing it. So I left the voiceover talent agency that I had worked at to go back to school and finish my degree. Um, mm -hmm. when I, I initially actually started college early. I, I left high school after my sophomore year when I was 15 and I started sophomore college. Year. I started college when Are you a I genius that I didn't know about. <laughs> no, definitely not a genius, but, uh, I, I did my first two years of high school. Uh, I left in the first like couple weeks of junior year to start college. So I started college when I was 16 and, uh, I actually injured my spine during an internship on my junior year um, mm. and ended up having to be on disability for a couple years from the spinal injury. Mm. So by the time all of that was over, uh, I wasn't sure if I wanted to continue my education or not. So I worked for a while. I ended up at the voiceover talent agency. I really loved a lot of things about that job, but I decided that uh, I, I did really want to finish my education. So I enrolled, I decided to go back to school, and I started streaming in the summer between, I quit my job in the spring, I spent the summer streaming, okay. and then I went to college in the fall. So, like, I had a couple months to kind of test out streaming. I'm giving you props for going back into it. You know how hard it is to get back into Thank school you. after you, like, got out of it? Especially, it was so rough. many things that we do these days, both filming industry and, of course, the gaming industry, but especially the filming industry, you don't need, like, a school education you don't, you don't need really that kind of resume you just yeah. need to know just need to know can you do the job if yes yeah. then you're on it that's it yeah I, 
I've always loved school and I really did miss it. Like I was always really bummed. I had a lot of issues financially with school. Like I, my, my parents didn't have any money for school. It was always something that I was taking out loans for and I was working to, to supplement that. Um, I was always paying for all of it myself. So like that aspect of school was difficult. But I always loved it. Like, I've always been a really big nerd. I mean, I started college when I was 16 because I just wanted to be in college already. You know, like, I always wanted to learn. I loved being in a classroom environment. But I, again, still lived in L.A. And my college that I went to was not in L.A. My school was uh, 100 miles round trip every day. So. If you live somewhere where there's no traffic, 100 miles means 100 minutes. Like, it's usually that easy. But in LA, 20 miles. In LA, um, it meant that every day I was in my car from bare minimum three hours a day to five hours a day on the heavier end. And I was streaming full time. And I was still working a part time job because I couldn't afford to go to school otherwise. And I was double majoring in film and media studies and psychology of social behavior. So I was doing both really long classes because film classes, you always have to add two hours to like watch the movie in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And then psych is a bunch of science lots classes, of lots of yeah. labs, you know, lots of things like that. So it was a lot of really, really, really long hours for the classes, three to five hours a day in the car. And with my spinal injury, the most painful thing for me was sitting. And all day long, I was sitting in the car, I was sitting in lecture halls, I was sitting to stream, and it was making my spinal injury worse, and I was never sleeping, and I was always exhausted, and I have no I I think I functioned just on, like, fumes. <laughs> like, I don't know if I made it through that year. I have no idea. I had, like, a 3.92 GPA, and I don't know how. I, to this That's day, crazy. I just don't know how it happened. Um, yeah, my GPA is so low, I don't even remember how low <laughs> it was. Like the whole, the whole time, I was just like, why don't I have a 4.0? I'm doing terrible, and I'm going to get you, kicked you, out. You de- you're so both awful. kind of nerds, right? You're the fandom kind of nerd, but you're also the book academic kind of nerd. Yeah. I'm like neither. I'm like... <laughs> But here's the thing, right? I'm such a fake nerd. It's great. Because people assume that I play games and watch anime because I should cosplay. So they assume mm-hmm. all this stuff about me. I don't. But also because I'm a guy, I can be mm-hmm. as anything and people would believe me, which is so annoying about it. I feel bad for you guys, you know, for, for women. Yeah. But like for me, I'm just like, it's stupid. It's just so stupid. I yeah. do it just to say, show how stupid it is. But yeah, I, I research my character because I don't really spend time to watch anime. I really like photography, <laughs> but I don't yeah. have time to watch anime because I also love, you know, uh, the, a sub over dub. So therefore, I'm like, I don't want to, you know, spend time. Yeah, I'm I the same way. Both, you know, yeah. Uh, but I also, my academic wasn't that well. I also, but it's weird too because I study also double major. I did economics oh. and inter- international world trade. Nothing photography, RC, or tech related. Really strange. Oh, wow. Yeah. Interesting. So people, so it depends on when you know me in life. I'm a very different person in each yeah. part. Yeah. So you know me more as a photographer because we met as a, you know, we did a photo shoot together. Yeah. Uh, also, for those of you who haven't seen yet, we got some great photos. We should, you know, <gasps> They're so beautiful. Yeah. I know. Tell once we once... have more. Once everything's yeah. uh, like all clear and good with the pandemic, at some point we have to shoot together again with new hair color now too. Uh, Definitely, yeah. I was. I remember being so sad. I had to change my profile picture, and I remember being like, oh, 
missed the ones Martin took. They were so pretty. I'm glad you like them. We can always get more though once it's all yes. over. Once it's all yeah. safe in the future, definitely. But yeah, yeah it's, it's really interesting also how many of us studied something so completely different to the industry so that different. we're working in now, you know? Are you like very, um, not sure, surprised or like uh, interesting to find that you're doing streaming full time? Like, how does that feel? Yeah. Oh, it was a total surprise. I, so for me, I finished that first like truly nightmarish year, that year where I was doing everything and I was in school and, you know, I went back for my junior year, even though I mm. had already done a junior year somewhere else, just because of the way they transfer credits here, you know, I had to redo it at a new school. And uh, right as I was trying to make my decision, like, I remember thinking maybe I'll do a bunch of summer classes and I'll just try and, you know, I only have one year left to graduate. I'll just power through. And my school called me and they were like, hey, our bad, we didn't read your high school transcripts correctly. And um, we know you graduated early, but we're going to need you to retake an entire year worth of high school level U.S. Dang. government and U.S. history. And they were like, you can't transfer it in from somewhere else. So like doing it, you know, online or at a community college or whatever wasn't an option. Uh -huh. And I had to take them sequentially, which means you have to do one class in the fall, one class in the winter, one class in the spring. So you can't okay. even just do them all in one summer or something. Mm -hmm. And they were like, uh, it doesn't fit into the schedule with any of your other classes. So you will have to do an entire extra year and we won't prorate your tuition. So you'll have to pay an entire year's worth of full course load tuition for one class every semester and the only time it was offered was right during, like, I would have been commuting in rush hour five hours a day for one class every day, five days a week for an entire year. And wow. I looked at that and I was like, there's no way. Like, there's absolutely no way. Uh -huh. I And I said to myself, I was like, you know what? Here's what I'll do. Instead of summer school, I'll take the summer to just try out streaming full time. I'll keep so doing my part. guys. Yeah, I was like, I'll, I'll stream full time. I'll keep doing my part time job on the side. But like. You know, I'll just see how this goes. And the second that my classes let out and I could focus, you know, I, I had planned my schedule. So I was in class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and then I was streaming all day Tuesday, all day Thursday, all day Saturday, et cetera, et cetera. And mm. as soon as I wasn't going to classes and I could stream like six days a week, my viewership just went up, 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 up. And I got partnered within like, I don't know the end of the summer, I think it was like September or October. I think it was September that I got partnered. Wow. So as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, I, I can do this full time. Never mind. That's I'm not going crazy. back in the fall. And so I just didn't go back to school in the fall and I've been full time streaming ever since. So I didn't I didn't expect it, but uh I actually I called my dad and I was like, what what do you think I should do? And my dad was literally like these opportunities won't last forever. And he was like, you can always go back to school if you need to. But right now you have people that want to watch you on Twitch. So just ride that wave for lo as long as it lasts. And uh, Good call. yeah, yeah, smart man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm really grateful that my dad has always been super entrepreneurial. So mm -hmm. he yeah, didn't it's, it's very um, open minded for this, you know? Yeah. A lot of parents would be like, no, you have to finish school. That is your life. My dad never even graduated high school and he has he won a Tony and he is directing movies now for a living. Like my dad knows more than anyone that he doesn't need 
a piece of paper that says he got an education to be educated or to be mm -hmm. successful, you know? So he was random very supportive. Hmm. Really random fact, and I hope nobody's watching or listening to this. I'm <laughs> weird. But one time I was um, shooting with uh, Mika Burton, uh, mm -hmm. who's daughter of uh, Lavar Oh, I love her. Burton. She's so oh, great. She's great. Uh, but I, you know, I went to her house and then it's, but she said so casually, I walked by the fireplace. I'm like, the heck are those? I was like, oh yeah, those are a bunch of Grammy that my dad won. So it's all uh -huh. over the wall. There's like so many of them just like lining up. I'm like, what, what, what the heck? And she was just like, yeah, just, you know, some Grammy. Anyway, here's my backyard. It's like, wait, what? 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 Yeah. yeah. Uh, my, <laughs> my dad has always lived on the East Coast since I was a kid. I'm lucky that I never had to do that. Like, oh, that's just my dad's, <laughs> that's just my dad's award shelf. Because uh, I think as a child, I probably would have been mortified. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was always really, really grateful that he completely understood it. And he was just like, opportunities don't last forever but mm -hmm. you know just do it for as long as it lasts and to be fair he was like make sure you were saving money so just in case this goes south you're prepared for that mm -hmm. but beyond that he was like do what makes you happy as long as your bills are paid who cares like are you getting better and bigger on this too like i saw you on the front page the other day yeah that was pretty wild that was the uh that was actually a, a record for me. That was the first time I've ever passed 50,000 viewers. I've never had oh, that yeah, before. Oh, yeah, I saw a post about that too. Which is uh, never awesome. in a million years did I think that would ever happen. So that was pretty cool. Um, Speaking of I, views, hmm. sorry to interrupt you, but no, the go. Most, so here's the thing. I didn't know about this. And then I did know about it, but I didn't connect it with you because I didn't know. Mm -hmm. After I did my shoot with you and then mm -hmm. my friends say, Oh, I know her. I'm like, oh, really? Cool. I because you know I didn't know that much. I'm still new to streaming. Yeah, she's a girl about the bunny. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, what bunny? And then like, oh, I did see that clip before. How yeah. did that? How, why has that become such a big thing? Yeah. So, uh, do you hate anyone... it by the way? But now it's like you like freaking hate it. No, no, no. I definitely oh, okay. don't hate it. Um, for, for anyone who is listening who might not know, um, I had an experience last year of becoming a meme, <laughs> which is a thing that is very strange to say. But uh, a clip from my stream of me doing a first playthrough of The Last of Us uh, went viral. And it, it kind of had these like two waves of things happening with it where it went viral just for the reaction where people were like, oh, that's so hilarious. But then somebody green screened the background. So they green screened the game out. Okay. And then people started putting my reaction, like my webcam <laughs> over videos of other stuff and had okay. me reacting, screaming and crying to other things happening. And that's how it had this like second life of it wasn't just a viral video. It became a meme format. And then I still literally today still uh, apparently it's now a TikTok thing that people do, which I didn't know because I don't use TikTok. And people that know me like from high school that don't know that I'm a Twitch streamer because I actually don't have any social media. Fun fact. I've never had an Instagram or like a Twitter for me as a human. I've, I don't have a Facebook. I don't have anything just for my stream. And so like high school friends started texting me these random memes from like Super Smash Bros and Minecraft and like all this stuff being like, is this you? Why? Why did I see this on the front page of Reddit today? What are you doing for a living that this is happening? Wow. So I had a lot of explaining to do. It was really weird. Um, 
but yeah, it's, it's still going strong. I still get tagged in like new compilations all the time. It's been in a bunch of like Markiplier and PewDiePie videos. And like, it had a huge life on YouTube, which I wasn't on YouTube at the time. So I had no idea that was a thing. I see that chat is spamming your emo, so I can tell that you're embracing it. Yeah, I, uh, so fun, fun fact about the emo, anyone who's listening who can't tell, it's of a ghost bunny with an arrow through it. And I actually didn't even commission that. Um, I did (laughs) every year for like, Halloween and Christmas, my emote artist does recolors, like holiday recolors. Mm. And I never tell him which emotes to recolor. I just say, hey, like four or five emotes with a Halloween theme to them. Mm. And then he just comes up with his own ideas. Like he's just really talented and whatever he comes up with, he does. And he sent me that one and he was like, please don't hate me. Please don't hate me. I did a dead rabbit one. (laughs) He was like, you totally don't have to use it. I understand if you hate it. Can you laugh about this yet? Can we have the dead bunny emote? And I put it up temporarily and then my community yelled at me until I promised to keep it permanently because they loved it so much but uh it's 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 been really interesting on one hand sometimes I still have people come into my chat from that and they're like oh my god I just found your channel that's so exciting Mm -hmm. and then on the other hand I'll have community members who have been around for like half a year they've been here for six months nine months whatever and one day someone in chat will mention that and they'll go that was you what because I've dyed my hair, I've cut my hair, I look mm-hmm. so different now, and I don't talk about it very often. It it always kind of struck me, like, if you go viral and you constantly talk about the thing you went viral for, it feels a little bit like like your Clean mom trying past. to prove she's hip. Yeah, like, yeah. it just feels kind of tacky. Like, it feels yeah. like the minute you think it's cool, everyone who likes it stop thinking it's cool, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I pretty much don't talk about it unless someone asks me about it, you know? Yep, yep, yep. It's like when Hillary Clinton's like, yeah, Pokemon Go is like, okay, you know what? We're done with that. Exactly. It's like as soon as, soon as like a brand uses a meme format, you're like, the meme format's dead. Everybody shut dead. it down. You we don't like it. that meme anymore. Yeah. So I found that like not talking about it uh, has been probably what also helped it last longer because i didn't kill it speaking but. of clearly speaking of killing a meme uh Mm-mm. so we all know the meme um thanks obama you know that one yeah yeah they have a whole subreddit about it but obama actually did it and then they're like all right it's done we're done we don't have they, they literally <laughs> closed down that subreddit completely because like yeah he did it there's nothing to do yeah and, and it's and hilarious too that's yeah. why I never meme on it myself, because I'm like, as soon as you do, everyone else is done with it. He dunked milk, uh, cooking into milk, but it wouldn't fit. It's like, thanks, Obama. And done. The whole thing's like, nope. all right, cool. We, we, can, nope. we can't beat this. Yeah. You, can't, you can't cross that line. You can't mm-hmm. ever. Uh, and it's really interesting, because right, right before that happened, too, I think that happened in, like, January last year. So, like, January 2019. And literally, literally the month before, in December, I went viral for the first time with something totally unrelated, with something <laughs> from uh, my first Zelda playthrough that I was doing of Breath of the Wild. Uh-huh. And I experienced the exact same thing with that as well. Like people would always be coming into my chat during that playthrough, finding it from this video that went viral. And it was the same thing. Like everybody, people still come into my chat today and they're like, can you make the car alarm noise? Can you make the noise from the bunny video? Can you make the noise of you making that sound? 
And oh. uh, just on principle, like I just refuse to do like bits about it because I think that's when it that's when it dies, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, and it was the same thing with the Zelda thing. Like anytime I play Zelda, everyone always memes about it. But if I were to lean into it, the memes wouldn't be fun anymore. You know. Right. Yeah. Smart. Smart. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm guessing like for Last of Two when it first when it announced and everyone's like, I mean, I'm definitely gonna play this. Oh yeah, I. <laughs> so everyone was really hyped for me to stream it and for me to play it and constantly the amount of comments that were like do you think there's gonna be a dead bunny in this one and like oh, are there gonna be any memes coming out of this one and all game long i went no 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 and then uh very mild spoilers for the last of us part two i promise this is mild but i guess pause now if you really care it's long enough it's uh, fine it's long enough but i still give people a warning just to be fair Mm. um there's a scene where ellie is hunting and you see her walk up to the ground and she lifts something up and it's a dead rabbit and immediately i was like oh my god why did they do this two games in a row and i uh very funnily enough as part of a show that they do here on twitch called the weekly it's exactly what it sounds like it's a weekly gaming news show Um, Mm -hmm. I happened to be one of the hosts of the show the week that they had the two game co-directors of The Last of Us Part 2 on for a QA. and a We got to interview them. And all of the questions were submitted by chat. And we had a producer in our ear that would pick the best questions from chat, put them on the screen, and have us interview them. It was really cool. Highly recommend checking it out because actually we did get to talk to them. We asked them about multiplayer and they confirmed that they're working on multiplayer for the future. Uh, so go hey. check that interview it out. It's great. But one of the, my mods who's here now in this chat for this interview <laughs> um, asked them like, hey, there's a dead bunny in The Last of Us Part 2. Is there a reason that was put in there? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And the producer said in my ear, he was like, Naga Oryx, this question's for you. Naga Oryx, <laughs> like, you haven't made it to the next question yet. This is your question. Ask that question next. That's your question. That one's for We put that there for you. And I was like, okay, man. Fine, fine. <laughs> I'm just I'll kidding. Do it. They're great. And I love that producer. He's wonderful. But it was really funny because as soon as I read it, I was like, okay, guys, I'm really sorry I have to ask this question. But, you know, chat knows I went viral for it. Can you answer? And immediately they were like, fun fact, there's actually a story behind that. It was supposed to be a different kind of animal. It was supposed to be like a bird or a pheasant. And we changed it to a bunny at the last (laughs) minute. (laughs) And he was telling the story. He was like, it turns out we didn't have a character model for the bird. And we were going through like our archives. We had one for a rabbit. And then he trailed off and he went, no, it was for you. We did it for you. We did it for you. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much to my mod and LA for asking that question and uh, getting them to say live on stream. That they did that for us and for the memes. They were great. That they were very, they were very an sweet about it. Achievements unlocked, <laughs> like, like a, a a reason for something in the game because of you. That's <laughs> they they were so sweet about it. I know I know they were just kidding, and it was just because they had it in their archives. But the fact that they even knew that that was a thing that existed and that they had heard of me from that still made my fangirl heart grow like ten huh. sizes bigger. So awesome i mean it's great that you get to be enjoying like it's not a bad meme you know it's a good thing and then yeah. so you're gonna be like be part of it and then you're gonna be like oh, yeah. that's awesome if awesome if fun. i'm if i'm gonna go viral for anything i think it is very uh on brand i guess i would say because 
the whole reason that moment happened was because I was so emotionally invested in the story. Like, mm-hmm. you don't care that much about stuff unless you're really connecting. And that's kind of what I'm all about on stream is like, I'm not going to pretend like I'm too cool to care about video game characters. Like, I've played 20 hours caring about this dude and what happens to him. I'm going to cry if I think something bad happened to this character. I mean, there, there are better characters in games and movies, in entertainment, than yeah, in real life. you know. A lot of time. I will say, though, I do think it's a little ironic. Uh, I am vegan, and so going viral, having to watch the same click, the same clip of a rabbit getting impaled over and over again when I'm vegan and a big advocate for animal rights is uh, <laughs> kind of annoying. <laughs> Not the most fun thing to have to rewatch all the time. Uh, but besides that one small fact, it's it's a great thing to go viral for. Uh, I definitely have no complaints. Everybody's been really nice about it so far, and the world yeah. could be so shitty that if anything makes someone laugh. Oh, yeah. I'm just glad people get a kick out of it, you know? I mean, we have a lot of trashy people, especially these this days, especially in our gaming industry, especially this year. I'm kind of <laughs> glad that we don't have TwitchCon, but at the same time, <laughs> I'm like, it would be interesting if there was a TwitchCon and they have to go to TwitchCon because it's kind of their job, but they've all been outed for the shitty stuff they do. It'd be like, huh, how about that? How would they act? 2020 uh, has been rough. 2020 mm-hmm. has been a lot, and... To be honest, like, uh, I think all of us are on the same page about wishing that all of the awful things that have happened in 2020 would not have happened. Um, but definitely, there's a part of me that's like, okay, I'm glad conventions won't happen until next year, given everything our industry has been going through as well. I think having a little breather where we're not seeing each other in person is probably good for all of us, you know? I, I think also, here's the thing. I, I think it brought up a um because like conventions happening and because of the pandemic it might be the reason again like kind of silver lining of that is the reason why a lot of things can come out to the light you know and mm-hmm. i said this before too yeah because like let's say you know you know someone did something bad and then you want to you know out them about it you wouldn't able and you don't want to do that if you know you're going to see them next month for sure yeah absolutely so knowing 100%. for sure that they have, again, a little breathing room where they're like, okay, I won't be able to see them for a few months. I don't have to deal with my abusers. Maybe it does have that silver lining. It's like, okay, great. I can now talk about what I really want to, you know, yeah. tell you all about. And hopefully that will change everything for the better. Hopefully. Yeah. I think at this point it has to. And I think there's so many of us that have been so vocal about uh e- e- not even people who were sharing their own stories of of being harassed or abused or whatever horrific things they've had to endure Mm -hmm. at the hands of other people in the industry um enough of us have also been such outspoken vocal advocates and allies that i think there's enough of us saying there's no room for that in this industry to make it so change has to happen you know the bar Um, shouldn't be so low (laughs) Oh, absolutely. It, it is astounding to me how low the bar is. It is absurd to me. Uh, the number, oh God, the number of things also that I even wish we could talk about right now that uh, that I most definitely can't because again, NDAs, if you sign an NDA, then you don't get to talk about stuff. Um, mm-hmm. But just the number of times, uh, just just shitty things going on in the industry. And this is something that, like, I'm not under NDA about, so I can definitely talk about. But as somebody who is not just a Twitch streamer, 
um, not just a host, but also does voice acting. And I have a background working at a voiceover talent agency. The last time I worked at the talent agency was like 2016. The spring Mm -hmm. of spring of 2016 was when I quit. We would get auditions all the time for roles that were characters who were people of color, but they would want white actors to get sent the auditions. And Mm. to see now that I am a voice actor, that as a white woman, I'm being sent auditions for people of color. When I firsthand saw from behind the scenes how difficult it was for people of color to get auditions in the first place is so absurd to me. It's so... Like, what year are we living in that people... Are still I'm doing conf- this. I'm confused about this part, though, especially for voice acting. Mm-hmm. Like, why would they want a specific skin color when it comes to voice? It shouldn't affect it, right? Well, when you think about when you think about the power systems and like the structure that's involved here in terms of how somebody books a role mm-hmm. and what kind of money they're making if they're not booking roles. What you'll see a lot is, for instance, if you have um, a role for a character that's a young black woman, right? Mm-hmm. And if if the casting director that is sending that audition out to agencies sends it to maybe, let's say, five agencies, and they mm-hmm. say, submit your top five uh, clients for this. Mm-hmm. Each of those agencies, so they're going to get 25 reads back, right? Each mm-hmm. of those agencies is going to send it to more than five clients just in case one of the clients doesn't get back to them in time or uh, doesn't record the right lines because sometimes they just read the wrong script or they mess it up or, or whatever it might be. You know, mm-hmm. um, you always want to send it to more people than you need to submit to casting. Increase your chances. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then each agency is doing that. And let's say they only have five reads to submit, right? Mm. Um, a lot of the time... Actors, for instance, when we talk about like why it's important that a black woman plays a black woman on the show, A, what other roles are they getting to book? If we mm. want to see black women succeed and actually have a seat at the table, they have to be able to book a role in the first place. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're looking at like the fact that most agencies only meet with potential clients if they're recommended by existing clients means that they're only even getting a meeting if they know someone who's there already. So that pool is even more limited. Mm. And then their quality. So like the literal quality of their microphone and their recording at home is what's qualifying them as well. So a lot of auditions get thrown out because the quality is just such garbage that the casting director can't even hear if they're good enough or not. Mm-hmm. And if if that woman, if this like imaginary woman we're talking about has never booked a role before, what money is she using to buy this equipment in the first place? It's this perpetuating cycle of like a lot of the so times a lot of situation. Yeah, exactly. Like they, they can't invest in thousands of dollars of equipment because they're not booking anything and they're mm-hmm. not booking things because their quality is not good because they don't have the expensive equipment. And mm-hmm. then a lot of the time what happens is these roles so if we're talking about something in video games or animation they're written by white people and they're supposed Mm -hmm. to be representing someone who they're not a part of that group so Mm. a lot of the times they'll play into racial stereotypes and if you have a character who's a black character let's say like a black teenage girl who was written 
by 30 year old white dudes with no diversity in the room just 30 year old white dudes and then mm. that role is played by a 40 year old white woman who mm. is stepping in to say hey this is this is not representing young black Especially women well the concept of young black woman is like yeah. 10 years ago yeah. and if you do not at any point have a black woman's input in this process nobody's n- absolutely nobody has that input to be like oh, this is actually a seriously harmful racist caricature and this character should be changed. This language should be altered. This is not, this is doing more harm than good. And mm. this is this is me speaking in a general way about it, but this is not a hypothetical, a hypothetical situation. Every time you have watched a show and you have seen an animated show or a video game where you're mm. like, oh my God, who on earth depicted us like that? Like who on earth okayed this we get one black character and that's it we have one black best friend who's in the background and they get three lines and these are the lines that they say it's Mm -hmm. because of that hierarchy and it's it's a vicious cycle so like when when we get an audition or would because obviously i don't work there anymore and it's for uh an angry older black man stereotype and the men that they request to read on it are old white dudes and the Mm. role is written by old white dudes on a show where the showrunner is a white dude like it's it's not making room for anyone else in the table at the table and it's creating an echo chamber of just Mm -hmm. only white people telling jokes that they are finding funny characters that they are finding funny and it's not allowing for any other perspectives to come to light. And it, and you, it. So how do we change that? I mean, you don't have to have an answer for this, but in your opinion, do you have some idea what we can do? Absolutely. Um, I think there's a bunch of things. One, the fact that some, but like, oh God, there's so many things just on that chain of command. First off, like at the studio level, they should be not limiting themselves and not working the way that they have always worked for um, showrunners in terms of diversity. So like you look at the show, for instance, uh, if we're talking about how many women have done shows in animation, there's less than (laughs) there's less than 10 adult Mm. animated shows that have ever been led by women ever in the history of animated television ever. You can name 10 on the air right now done by men. And there's less than 10 ever done by... I'm pretty sure there's five or less, but I don't want to say that and then be wrong. So there's definitely less than 10. And uh, Tuka and Birdie, the showrunner was Lisa Hanawalt, who previously was the artistic director on uh, BoJack Horseman. And that show got canceled on Netflix after one season. And the two leads were two women of color, Ali Wong and Tiffany Haddish, um, Mm playing characters who were meant to be women of color as well and they canceled the show after one season luckily comedy Mm. central picked it up but like even the fact that when we're just going that far back and this is a show with two women who were women of color leading it and again it was by a white woman even like we're limiting we're limiting voices at the at the very very top of like who's creating these shows who's staffing them who's in the writer's room in the first place Mm -hmm. but then when we get down to the voiceover level Without without being able to say, hmm, there's so much I want to talk about that I'm under NDA for that I'm not allowed to say. But the number of times mm-hmm. the number of times that we received pushback. So um, one of the top five like big 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 studios. So like 
um, Fox, DreamWorks, you know, Disney, those kind of big studios. They were doing a mm -hmm. big animated movie. So when you think big kids animated movies, I'm talking like the level of like Trolls, Ice Age, uh, Toy Story, like that level of big, right? Mm. And the lead character that they were casting for, they were the casting call was for a white man. And I knew someone who was an agent who was like, mm -mm. I know like one of our one of our actors who's a black man is going to be perfect for this. And they don't know it yet. Casting doesn't know it yet, but he's going to crush it. And I know him and he's so funny and like he's going to bring so much life to it. And so she submitted him anyway. And she was like, you're going to listen to this guy like he's phenomenal. And they loved it. The casting assistant loved it. They passed it on to the casting director. The casting director loved it. The writers loved it. And eventually the studio heads were like, we can't do that because that's not marketable with a black lead. Mm. And that was just it. They, literally every step of the way, they were like, we love him. We love him. We love him. Like it's bringing the character to life in a different way. Like we didn't even think of it this way. And he's so phenomenal. He's so talented. Everyone's going to love him. And they were like, it's just not that marketable. So uh, that's, who's that's white really guy? stupid. Especially when it comes to voice acting. It's really about the voice, you know, how it showcase it's not on the end of Marketing. the way the studios look like it yeah i mean that's yeah. that's not the way they it should be about just telling good stories with good people and and you shouldn't be eliminated for that because some fucking old white dude is sitting there saying oh we're not gonna make 300 million dollars off of this which you know what old white man fuck you you don't know that because you've never done it before you know mm. what I mean? Like, how, what are they basing that off of? Because they've never tried. It was so infuriating seeing every step of the way people risking their connections, their personal and professional connections to push to say, like, I know you told me not to, but I'm doing it anyway. I know you told me this wasn't who you were looking for, but he's mm. great and he deserves to be listened to and he deserves to be heard. And to go all the way up to the top only to be like, <laughs> not marketable is 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 so absurd and it's it's so deeply ingrained in the studio system in hollywood there's mm -hmm. so many there's so many steps that we need to be changing there and it mm. definitely starts every level of the way um something something that i i think something that i think would be really helpful in terms of uh like what needs to change as well is not discounting people based on audio quality because if you're booking somebody for a role they're not recording it at home anyway in case mm -hmm. anybody listening to the podcast version doesn't know like when you book a voice actor on a role um obviously it's different during the pandemic but most of the time they're not recording at home with their own home studio quality for like a pixar movie they're going a studio it's professionally directed it's professionally engineered there's some guy sitting behind a glass literally like yeah. making sure the sound is perfect. with their hundreds of thousands of dollars of equipment you know mm -hmm. um and and so to deny somebody a chance of a role because you listen to it and it's like oh the audio quality is not good casting director passed on it like getting casting to kind of uh, see past that I think would be huge but more than that really what needs to change is, is at the top what they're willing to push for the stories mm -hmm. they're willing to tell and and having having diversity every step of the way in terms of just allowing people a seat at the table that hasn't been there before so even like mm. uh, something that I know you'll probably know but again people who are listening might not a lot of the ways that people get their start in the behind the scenes kind of Hollywood, so not actors, but um, mm -hmm. like 
writers, directors, et cetera, is starting as like interns. You know, you start as an intern, then you become an assistant and you kind of like network and you work your way up. Mm-hmm. And a lot of those internships are unpaid and they should not be yep. because the only people that can afford to do 60 plus hours a week, not 40 plus, 60 plus hours a week unpaid are people who are in positions of privilege where they can afford to live without being paid for 60 hours of work. Yeah, they need to be living somewhere where they cannot be paying rent. And unfortunately, (laughs) yeah. And unfortunately, again, then you have that perpetuating cycle of like, well, what kind of perspectives are these people going to have when Mm. everyone is coming from the same class? You know, like everyone Mm -hmm. who's getting those internships, Hollywood is so very much about nepotism in terms of everything is family and who you know, and, you know, getting your foot in the door is so difficult. And it just, that to me- The last name matters a lot. Yep, absolutely. And like that to me is a huge thing that needs to change in all facets of the entertainment industry is unpaid internships. Because if we can get more people to get that first gig on their resume, I think that'll help a lot. Um, So do you think like, Gaming or like streaming is better now because we're cutting out the kind of like a middleman thing because like people can make big by themselves or like does that help? Like, because I, I feel like many industry are doing that right now where people are self working, self making money instead of going through like it has to be an industry, has to be a studio. Uh, there's a lot of industries that's doing that right now. And I think we're getting more for people who have talent to showcase, right? I definitely think that the nice thing about streaming in terms of showcasing ability is Mm. there's definitely less restrictions in terms of like hitting the start streaming button, but Mm. less doesn't equal none. And there are Mm. still roadblocks in place, both in terms of um, like when we talk about companies sponsoring people or even just sponsoring events, like even just placement in events. When you look at any kind of event that's like, uh, like Twitch Rivals or or any kind of a competitive esports thing or or even just smaller scale events that like individual games run and mm-hmm. you look at the roster. Again, you do see a lot of those really uh, echo chambery kind of vibes mm-hmm. going on there. Um, I will say I think there's a lot of phenomenal organizations doing work in the space to minimize the hurdles that a lot mm-hmm. of um, a lot of people have to overcome. So for instance, um, Broadcaster has the 1000 Dreams Fund. They offer $1,000 scholarships to women who are working in the games slash streaming industry in general, mm-hmm. um, which can do like $1,000 can go a long way. And I'm sure you know this in terms of microphones, computers, lighting, mm-hmm. camera, lenses, like sometimes just the basic things like you can be really, really, really funny on Twitch. And if your mic is so shitty and crackly Mm -hmm. and you have no lights in your room and nobody can really see you on your camera, or if you have a PC, but it's too slow or your internet's too shitty or, or so dark in your room, nobody can see you. Like you can be the funniest, most talented person in the world. And people are still going to click off your stream because Mm -hmm. it's, I mean, I've I've done that when I'm watching somebody stream that I'm really enjoying, but their audio quality is so awful that you're literally doing this because you're like, oh my god, yeah. it, it hurts my ears. To give people a- like that, just like a little bit, like a couple hundred bucks to be like, here you go, boost your setup, get a little bit of upgrades. Sometimes that's the leg up that people need to oh, huge go that extra mile, you know? Yeah. When I first started streaming, like I- I'm still pretty relatively 
completely new to the streaming world. But like, good thing, you know, I have, um, I've been working really hard in other kind of platforms and networking and working with different friends. So I'm able to have this set up pretty well. Like my lighting and my mic is, you know, all uh, paid by clients where they send me the product for it. But I know it makes make a huge difference. I mean, I invest yeah. a lot into myself too, uh, in the camera and everything. But just say like, lighting itself, like I, you guys are looking at like a few thousand dollars worth of lighting right here. Mm-hmm. Is I can actually do a lot more than just now lights like in my normal stream i can make it color change and all kind of stuff it's pretty amazing same with this mic i didn't bought it uh i didn't buy it but like it's just it, it does make a huge difference if you can put people as you said before um in position of decision decision making power mm-hmm. like studios and writers and stuff like that and i have lots of conversation with my friends from um the asian community as well you know, uh, people of color, especially Asian male as myself. Like, I don't see myself going to be in any kind of a uh, movie or anyone like me anytime soon. There might be some, but it's going to take at least my next generation, like my kids generation to be like, oh, it's going to be cool to be Asian. Until then, I, I, I'm going to be able to tell my kids like, it was so not cool. It was so not cool to be an Asian guy. I remember there was a show on, I'm pretty sure it was ABC and I, God, I know I'm going to date myself because I want to say it was a couple years ago. And I'm sure it was probably like 10 years ago or something at this point. <laughs> um, and it was called Selfie. And it mm. was, it ran for one season. They canceled it after only one season. And it was John Cho and um, uh, Karen, whose last name I forget, who was on Doctor Who. And I'm blanking on her last name, but she's a very cute redhead mm. woman. Yes, I know what she's talking about, and, yeah. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. And she... Um, uh, it was a modern day retelling of Pygmalion. So uh, it was My Fair Lady, essentially, but mm-hmm. modern and, you know, whatever. And it only lasted for one season. And so many people were heartbroken when it got canceled because for a lot of people, it was the first time they saw a romantic comedy TV show with an Asian American leading actor who was just, the show wasn't about him being Asian. He was just a hot man that was her love interest. And for that so happen. many. For so many people, they were like, this is the only television show I have ever seen where I saw myself in a hot leading man role. Mm -hmm. And it is so absurd to me that it is the year 2020. And that can even be said that that is one television show that so many people have only had that one show to look Mm -hmm. and see themselves in. That's why Crazy Rich Asian was such a big thing for us because like, no matter how good or how bad the movie is, like it's been like, what, how many years? Like 20 years like a huge long time yeah. the last one was Joy Luck Club which is like all Asian cast but it's been such a long time it's like oh that's a thing we didn't know that was a thing but like like we do not have Asian cast especially Asian male especially in romantic comedy so yeah exactly yeah. and so I think even even going back to the question we were talking about earlier when it's like why is it so important like uh, this is something people talk about a lot in voiceover like so why is it even important then that a role for a color or for a, a character who's a person of color to be played by somebody who's a person of color. And a lot of it comes back to this as well, where it's like those actors, I think a lot of people labor under this delusion that like the performance is what matter. If you're a good actor, you should just be able to be cast in any role. Yay. And that's yeah. just not how it works. Mm-hmm. And when I tell you that, like, this is the Venn diagram of like, uh, roles that white people get are going to be to play white people and to play people of color. And auditions mm-hmm. that people of color get are maybe sometimes occasionally to play people of color. Very stereotypical like, too. That's it. Like, like 
and and this is with somebody who worked at an agency. I'm not saying this as like as somebody who watches TV. This is what it looks like. As somebody who was sent casting breakdowns and their entire job mm-hmm. was to email them to the people that they wanted to read for it. Like it is absurd that white people could read for anything, but if you were a black actor, the limited number of roles you got was so teensy tiny. And even when they say they're like, we're open to casting anyone, they always end up casting a white oh, they person. Ha- they have they to always end up casting a white person. Always. <laughs> and it's it it needs to change. And it won't change until people start more actively pushing for it. So mm-hmm. like personally for me, when I got auditions that are for characters who should be played by people of color because they are Asian characters or black characters, like Absolutely. If anybody listening to this considers themselves an ally in the space, if you're reading for those roles and you're not writing back saying, I'm not black, so I shouldn't be reading for this, like you are a part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Like the only way that people who are voice actors, like we don't have a lot of power over who they're sending it to or who's writing it. But the only thing that I can control personally is what I read for. You know what I mean? Like, I I can't control who they're sending it to. I can't control who's writing it. I can't control who's in the room. All I can control is if I am taking opportunities away from people who have less. But that's that's, hard, right? Because that also takes away your own opportunity. It's it's a tough tough thing to do. It's help, but it would only be hard if I were that self-centered. Because at the end of the day, if I want my life to just about be about me 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 and nobody else like i well i'm trying to think how veiled i can say this yesterday all week long i've been on the phone with my agent i've been texting my agent and emailing my agent over a job that i had booked i had signed a contract for it was not a voiceover thing it was something totally different Mm. and something popped up that i had a concern about that was not made uh apparent to me in the previous talks leading up to booking the gig. And as soon as I discovered it, I was like, I'm really sorry, but I can't do this. Like I ethically do not feel comfortable with this. And Mm -hmm. I know that I'm missing out on thousands of dollars. This is a multiple thousands of dollars gig. And like my family could really use that money. That would be really helpful. But at what cost? Like I'm, I'm never going to say yes to something to be that self-centered to, to further myself above, above other people. Or to put my morals or my ethics aside to make a quick buck. Like, I'm always going to lead with my conscience. And I would be a really shitty ally if I was like, oh, I know that this role is for an Asian woman. But like, oh, I would really love to book this role in a video game. So I'm just going to read for it anyway. Like, Mm. that doesn't help anyone except me make a quick buck. And I don't want to make that kind of money. I don't want to. I don't want to. With anyone who would cast a white woman to play an Asian woman and take a job away from an Asian woman, she was like, 30, huh? yeah, oh, like, yeah. no, I, I want to see my peers succeed in a space that is consistently stacking the deck against them. Mm-hmm. And short of creating my own animation studio and like creating my own shit to cast them, and this is what little I can do is say no to the things that are not meant for me and speak out about what i can speak out about you know what i mean is that a dream for you by the way having your own studio casting people you know i would love that i think before becoming a twitch streamer i really wanted to work in animation development Mm -hmm. um 
which in case anyone's not familiar, development is the stage before a show goes into production, before they actually start making it. Development is like you get sent a script and you read it and you go, holy shit, we have something special. We should make this. And it's getting the show from being pitched to getting made. It's that in-between space. And I always wanted to do that. I always wanted to like protect projects and and like be the voice for projects that might have been overlooked. Um, I love the idea of having my own either animation studio one day or or working in casting, doing something like that. Maybe that's the goal. One day. Maybe that's that's what you would do. One day. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Hopefully. That would be nice. But uh <laughs> fingers crossed. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Like I talk, I know we talk yeah. about so many things. I always feel bad too because I always feel like, oh no, no, I'm keeping them. But I hope you enjoy it as well. So you don't No, like, this oh, was no. awesome. I'm sorry. We we definitely got sidetracked by like really Dude, heavy I have stuff no there. Problem. Oh, but, I'm how okay. happy about it. Yeah. Okay, like I good. always like this is what this chat show is about. Like like I want people to be real. I want people to be able to speak what they want to talk about at all time. And then always like, you know, it's great to catch up with friends, especially during pandemic. Yeah, like, you know, it's nice. Yeah, it's very like, nice. I really, really appreciate it. Um, I know if I have anyone in my community in the chat, um, if y'all could just like show Martin some love with some some heart emotes or, or some thanks for having us on tonight, because uh, especially I really appreciate that your show is just very much about like, what do you want to talk about? Um, mm. it, especially in 2020, I think it's really important now more than ever that we have difficult conversations and like talk about things that other people might not be talking about. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and it's, it's, it's tough too like because like especially some streamers especially streamers where they want to talk about things that when they're on their normal stream people will only talk about things that they will talk about and they don't want to make it uncomfortable for their audience so i want to have a chance for people to you know please let me know what you think like how how can we make this a better place for everybody yeah i appreciate yeah. you giving us the space to do that tonight Thank you so much, everyone in chat who's been hanging out for this. This has been a, a really great talk, and I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you so much. One one last cheers. Cheers to you. Lil Clink. <laughs> How can we find you, by the way? Mm. Okay, so if you want to see which, um, you know, which, which, uh, Gosh, uh, shows I host, which characters I voice, which uh, tabletop RPG shows I'm on. Uh, you can follow me on all social media platforms at Nega Oryx. That is N-E-G-A-O-R-Y-X. Um, and I am the only person ridiculous enough to use such a silly made-up name. So it is the <laughs> same on all platforms. There's there's nothing after it that's like TV or gaming or anything like that. Live. Um, I'm on two. Yeah, no live. I'm on two different tabletop RPG shows. So if you like Dungeons and Dragons and other tabletop, uh, you can check me out. Both of them are on Tuesdays. I'm on a Harry Potter tabletop RPG called Witchcraft and Wizardry, which is every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific on Twitch.tv. What house are you? Uh, I'm a Slytherin in real life. Same. Yep. I know. That's why we get along. Um, <laughs> but uh, on the show, I play a second year Gryffindor student. So... Hmm. She's very different from me, and I do have to do a British accent for it. So uh, if you want to hear me do a British accent, come come by Witchcraft and Wizardry sometime. Uh, Fun fact, if I watch <laughs> more um, British TV and if I go back to Hong Kong for a few weeks, I get my British accents back. <laughs> do you? Because I was taught British English first. Yeah. That's why, like, whenever I'm... people watch my stream, they get confused because, like, they can't really locate my accents. Yeah. Um, it's a mix of Hong Kong English, 
British English and California English. It's all mixed max into one. I love that. My so my mom's from London and she's a single parent. So growing up, I just learned English from her. And all、mm-hmm. of the TV shows that we watched were like Naughty and Postman Pat and British shows. So all it takes is if I go to the UK, I'm I'm speaking in a British accent in 48 hours or less. Like、mm-hmm. that's how、yep. that is. Coast switching. If I watch too many Harry Potter movies, that's it. Like I'm, I'm talking in a British accent. It's so because I learned to speak British English before American English before going to school. It comes out really, really quickly.、Um, uh, another fun story, real quick.、Um, when I first came to America, I was not a popular kid in school. Especially one incident where I asked my classmate for first of all, classmate for some reason American don't say classmate, but、uh, one incident I asked my classmate for a rubber. Which is, <laughs> which is not what he means eraser here in America, but、uh, that's what I used to call it. And、uh, you know, and here's the thing, right? If you're an adult, you'd be like, "Yeah, this guy's cool. This guy's fucks."、Nope, Complete opposite. Not, like, not when you're a kid. I, I was not a popular kid. Oh God, what? Wow, what a what a great last story to sneak in at the end of the show.、Right. Perfect. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, everyone, thank you very much for、uh, watching tonight. Thanks for the follow. Thanks for the sub. Thanks for you know everything. I hope you had a great time. Again, you know you can find us on all the platforms. You know, on Modern One Photos on everything. And you know, she is. How do I say it? You、Make、can say Onrix. Yeah, no, you got it. That was perfect. Okay, on everything. So please <laughs> go follow her. And、uh, yeah, of course, you can listen to this on Spotify, on iTunes, and everything. But yeah, thank you so much, and I will see y'all next time. Bye. I am so red.